Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello and welcome to Catholic Answers Live. I am Cy Kelly, your host. Delighted to be here with you. Thank you for being here with us. We appreciate that you take the time with us. And uh, in appreciation, uh, Darren has arranged what I think might be the best Monday show we've ever done. Is could is possibly uh, this will be the high water mark of uh, Monday shows. And uh, uh, second hour, Scott Hahn will be here, and we'll talk with him about his new book and about um, uh, about politics and modernity and all of that. And uh, this hour, uh, Dr. Chad Pecknold is here with us, and we're going to talk with him about politics and Christianity. And he's a professor of uh, theology at the Catholic University of America, and he's currently teaching a course on uh, Catholic political thought for the Institute for Catholic Culture. And if you don't know about the Institute uh, for Catholic Culture, you really should check them out. They're doing uh, among the highest quality uh, work for the general public uh, to enter into the intellectual life of the Catholic Church. It's being done, it's probably the highest level uh, work being done anywhere. Uh, Dr. Chad Pecknold, thanks very much for being here with us. Oh, it's always a pleasure and great to be with you again, son. And it's all right that I just uh, introduced you as a professor of theology and didn't cl cl uh, classify a particular uh, um, area of theology. Well, off. yeah, I mean, we, we, we were talking about this before the show that, that uh, my official title is a professor of historical and systematic theology, which I don't like that title because it ties systematic theology to history rather than to metaphysics. And I think the old title of professor of fundamental and dogmatic theology is better because fundamental theology is really tied to being and not time. So uh, but I, but that being said, I talk a lot about history, so it's not... Do. It's not inappropriate to call me a professor of historical theology. But there's a way of talking about history, and I, I think this will be part of the theme of what we'll talk about today, is we're going to talk about politics and Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, there's a way of uh, talking about history that makes history the, the, the reigning concern, and there's a way of talking about uh, history that makes God the reigning concern. Uh, and, yeah. and, and we bend the knee too much to history, then we can very easily, as the modern historian has done, leave God out of the whole story. Well, that's exactly right. And and I, one of the classes I love to teach is on Augustine's City of God. And, and this is partly his, his story for us Christians, is that we actually have to have we, we actually have to have a theology of providence. Our understanding of history has to be driven by God's action in time, wow. not by time per se. 
And yeah. I think that's that's exactly the Catholic view. Um, it, otherwise, you turn history into a god. You turn time into a god, and you can't do that. Uh, no, because we have a God. Uh, we have a, a, a really good God, uh, and and uh, anyway, we 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 find all these sneaky ways to exclude Him. I, I, you, mm-hmm. You're you're teaching a course on Catholic political thought, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, you do this regularly, uh, you know, in, in in your various capacities. But this is mm-hmm. part of what you talk about, and uh, we we wanted to talk to you in part. I have to confess to you because um, we wanted to ground some of the political thinking of our Catholic brothers and sisters and of ourselves in the Catholic thing, because it's going to be a wild political year uh, over the course of the next 13 months here in the United States. Truly. So, uh, I mean, you know, we're, 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 <laughs> we, I, I think at the basic level, uh, Catholics know that, um, that being pro-life is a fundamental part of the Catholic mm-hmm. uh, thing. But sometimes I, I do think we're a little bit led around by the nose because we'll go with anybody uh, who's uh, pro-life. And um, sometimes scoundrels have taken, you know, that's just politics. Uh, the, you know, the, maybe in some places, uh, in, they used to say patriotism was the last refuge of a scoundrel. Uh, in some places, uh, the pro-life claim is the, la- is the refuge of a scoundrel. Well, I, I do feel that way sometimes as, as someone who's very involved in the pro-life movement myself, that, that, um, that, that the... The babies uh, end up getting a lot of lip service, but not a lot of defense when it comes to the to the knife. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 that's frustrating because I mean we we have had some wins in the pro life movement, but your 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 comment that we sometimes get led around by the nose that is we are so and rightly passionate about the babies sure. that 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 will will take any hook that that says that makes a promise, and I, I think we. We do ourselves and our tradition a disservice for thinking only about that issue and uh, the candidate who seems to do the best on it. We, we actually have to have a have a deeper Catholic view of order. And um, and, and yeah. if we do, that won't do any harm to the pro-life movement. It, it will only deepen and expand. There's, no, there's nothing to fear from a fully uh, Catholic uh, uh, approach to politics. That's right. And, and you know, in a, in a sense, at the end of the day, everybody makes a prudential decision at the ballot box about what's going to what's going to be just for the babies. And and often it's bad choices at the ballot box. But understanding understanding a Catholic vision of order will put us in a better position to make better strategic choices for those babies. And I'm realizing even as I enter into this conversation with you that um, speaking the way I did, people will immediately translate that into the current political moment. And I'm not referring to uh, uh, former President Trump when I use the word scoundrel, not at all. I'm amazed at the success of the pro-life movement uh, in his uh, time. So I I don't want anybody to, we're gonna talk in general terms about politics and uh, I really am not trying to use any um, signaling language or I'm not trying to use any, you know, dog whistles or whatever they say. You know, uh, I just want to learn from you, uh, Dr. Pecknold, how to think about politics in a fully Catholic way. So where, where would I start if, I, if, I, if that were my project, if I were to say, I want to refresh my mind before this great political season that's about to be upon us with the with a, a fully catholic way of thinking about politics
politics, where might I start that? Well, I mean, I think I think we have we have to break out of our liberal mindset, uh, and I and I mean liberal in the broadest sense of we have an order, whether you're li- liberal or conservative, and obviously um, most of us think of ourselves as conservatives, at least in my circles. And uh, but the order that we've received is basically invented in the late 18th century. It's the seating mm-hmm. chart of the French National Assembly with the left sitting to the left of the president and the right trying to restore some things from the ancient regime on the right side. And and that's the kind of world in which we have built all of our political assumptions around. So I think the most important thing for Catholics is to kind of get behind that, to try to step out of the political world in which we think. And the best way to do that is first, I think, to return the ancient, return to Plato, return to uh, ancient Athens, because it's out of that Greek philosophy that Christianity really builds, you know, grace heals and perfects and elevates nature. And one of the things that Catholic political thought does is is it heals and elevates Greek political thought and Roman political thought. So I think one of the best things that we can do is to go back to that and see what are the fundamentals for thousands of years of thinking about order. Um, for, for the classical world, um, the cosmos is something good. It's something that nature has an order to it. A tree has an order to it. You know, mm-hmm. it, a tree doesn't grow upside down and you pay attention to how a tree grows um, and it's good and it's beautiful. Uh, the Plato talks about the cosmos as kalos, as something beautiful um, and that reality itself has order and number and weight. And if reality itself has that, then the world that we human beings as social and political animals should also reflect order, weight, number, it should have a certain kind of structure to it, not one that we simply impose upon it, right? We don't simply say, well, we're going to create a social contract, which is what they do um, in in the modern period. They say, we're going to build the, the political system that suits the most powerful. And so I think for one thing, we have to return to a kind of a metaphysical, natural law understanding of order. The order is something built into the structure of reality. That, and, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, please continue. No, go ahead. Well, 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 Christianity receives that, of course, and says, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the reason why we do that is because God has made it. And God has imbued it with intelligibility. God has imbued the natural world with its laws. Uh, you know, in, in a sense, the Greeks built better than they knew in terms of understanding this about the world, um, that you pay attention to natural order. And and the, the early Christians say, yes, you do, because the one true God made it. And, and when you do that, then you begin to get, in a sense, the blueprint for happiness, because living in accord with that order is going to make you happy and trying to flee from that order, or as Aristotle would say, trying to flee from reality is going to make you very sad, you know, and, um, you know, you look at this gender ideology that's in our politics today yeah. and you see, gosh, that seriously unhappy when, you know, young boys are being castrated and young women are having, you know, their bodies mutilated by surgeons. Yeah. 
um, you say, well, absolutely, that's correct. When we flee from reality, it makes us sad and it deforms us. And if it deforms the human being, then it's clearly deforming the social body, the political body, too. Because the ancients also see this interchange between the soul and the city. If if something is good for the soul, it's going to be good for the city. If something's bad for the soul, it's clearly bad for the city. Well, okay. So here's the problem I think uh, the uh, with with thinking as a Catholic now. Then because I I look at the world today, mm-hmm. and I I I think I I don't think I have an extreme personality. Maybe I do, but it looks extreme to me. Like I, it looks extremely warped. It doesn't look kind of warped. It, no, we live like, we live in a, in the most perverse time. So, so uh, many Catholics will say the only possible response to that mm-hmm. is a radical, almost a, a revolutionary response uh, yeah. to that. That this has to be a, a moment of radical rejection and and uh, almost a, a rejection of this very society that we live in. Whereas what you're proposing is. Catholics actually come into the world of politics saying what we need to do is build, we need to grow, we need to nurture. It's more like a it's more like a botanist than a revolutionary the Catholic view. So how what do I do at this moment? Yeah, I mean I think I think you lay out the options. I mean I think, you know, we do ha- we do have people who who want retreat, who want to just sort of find their enclave and and live their Catholic life and I I respect that on a certain level, but um but the the question is is for the love of god and for the love of neighbor you have a duty to point to the truth about order and say this is disordered it's going to make my neighbor unhappy therefore i as a catholic have a a duty of love a duty to care for my neighbor by standing up and saying no actually mutilating bodies to over around this fantasy about gender is actually going to make you unhappy, your children unhappy, and my children unhappy because your fate is kind of bound up with my fate. And and the the church as well has always had this this kind of commitment to say, actually, the peace of the city matters for the church, and what we do for the city and how we direct the city. Um, I think Catholics, you know, have for a long time in America, at least you know, been committed to what Pope Leo called a strategy of rallyment, where you just rally to the nation and whatever the nation needs is what you rally towards um, in hopes that you will convert the nation to Catholicism, right? This was true in, in the Third Republic of France, and this was true of a certain strategy in, in America. Yeah. But I think, I think what does rallying to the United States mean now? I don't think it can mean rallying to the principles that brought us here, rallying to the principles that brought us to a kind of liberty of license in which people can just do whatever they want. Uh, that We cannot go back to those kinds of principles. We have to say the Catholic brings principles of order which are perennial, which aren't particular to the United States, which stand the test of time and we can rally to the to the nation only in a sense by telling the nation to wake up to see its illness um you know it's uh, again like the you can't heal the cancer until you're naming the cancer accurately until you're saying this is the problem these are the things which brought you to this point 
uh, in your country. And so we have to abandon these things that brought you to this point and adopt older principles, better principles, more stable principles, principles which are in accord with nature. And uh, yeah. Let's talk. About, let's take a break, and we'll we'll talk about what some of those principles are. What are the principles that undergird a Catholic approach uh, to politics? We're not talking particularly about your vote this year or next year. Or the, we're talking about in general. Uh, how does a Catholic approach politics? Our politics clearly. Everyone on every side uh, has a, a sense now that uh, things are terribly, terribly broken. Uh, well, m maybe that would be a, a moment to listen to what the Church has had to say about uh, how to bring wholeness. Uh, to the body politic. We'll uh, continue with that with Dr. Chad Pecknold right after this on Catholic Answers Live. Catholic Answers Live. Are you a coffee drinker? If so, you can now enjoy a coffee roasted to perfection by the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. Delicious Mystic Monk coffee is roasted and prepared by monks in a hidden cloistered monastery and is available in over 25 varieties. All Mystic Monk coffees are works of perfection and labors of love. For more information on how to purchase Mystic Monk coffee, visit mysticmonkcoffee.com. That's mysticmonkcoffee.com. He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant revolt. Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. He died in 1621. To find out more about the doctors of the church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Uh, the whole world, I think, is attentive to American politics, in part because uh, we have a lot of warships. I mean, uh, we, we can cause a lot of trouble for people, and we have. But we've also been very helpful to many people. So that, that uh, you know, both sides of that uh, coin uh, are important to the whole world, and for other reasons as well. You know, the, um, the American currency is, in many ways, uh, the currency of, of uh, the world. And there is this uh, idea that... Uh, certainly since the fall of the Iron Curtain, uh, the United States uh, took a preeminent uh, role in the world. And uh, whatever one may think of that, it is a fact. And so the whole world attends to American politics. And so the whole world knows uh, that there is uh, the, that American politics is a mess. So we're taking a little time before the wildness of the political season descends upon us uh, to, to as I said before, try to refresh the mind uh, with a fully Catholic understanding of of politics, uh, to, to remember uh, the heritage that we have as Catholics, the tradition that we have as Catholics in the political realm. Dr. Chad Pecknold, uh, professor of theology at the Catholic University of America, uh, and also teaching currently uh, in the second half of a, of a, a big course he's done, Catholic Political Thought, um, and uh, over at the um, Institute for Catholic Culture, uh, you were saying that that the there are um, principles that we that the Catholic might reintroduce to the modern world. That uh, that it's actually fairly recent that these principles have been replaced with this the general liberal uh, principles that followed upon the French Revolution. Um, so, what might be the principles that the Catholic might bring that that the world might go? Oh, that might that might be healing. Maybe we could use that. Well, a, a few things. 
one one is not really a principle so much as a disposition and and that's um the disposition of hope that okay. we talked earlier talked earlier that that god acts in history and that things don't have to be this way i think there's the the danger of you know you already said well things are so perverse things are so disordered in our country or in other countries right uh, the icc course that i teach has students from like 60 different countries in it and they're all resonating with these things too there's problems all over the world in many countries and i think the catholic has to have a disposition of hope that things don't have to be this way things don't have to be perversely ordered they have not always been perversely ordered i think that's a protestant idea basically not a catholic idea you know, of total, of total depravity that the state can only restrain all these evil things. And um, I think the Catholic view has to be, no, that there's a goodness to created order. Uh, obviously, original sin weakens the will, and, and we, we tend to do the thing that we don't want to do, as St. Paul tells us. We tend, we, we tend to disorder and decay. But we also have the resources by reason and revelation to order things rightly. And so I think the first disposition for the Catholic has to be hope, hope for hope for the land that we're in, hope for the place that we're in, hope for something to pass on to our children and hope for a, an order which is at least friendly to the faith. I, I think this is the, the principle which comes out of hope is that the Catholic works in the sphere of politics and this can include the home this can include the neighborhood, this can include the town, the city, the university, the nation. Um, but the but that the Catholic is always working for an order which is which is at least on its way to harmony with the Catholic faith, on the way to concord with the Catholic Catholic faith, that it's a order that is not at war with the Catholic faith. When we look around at the perversity all around us, what we're really seeing is a disorder that's at war with God, at war with the Pope, at war with the Catholic Church, which is to say at war with Jesus Christ. And so we we have to have hope that we can move the country, we can move our, our countries. Uh, I think that's the first principle. This is not something that, the way you're talking is not something that's innately comfortable to an American, because we are deeply rooted in suspicion of of power. And I always go back to James Madison's thing that if men were angels, there'd be no need for government. Uh, or, or I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, I think it was Madison, it might've been John Quincy Adams that said that, but uh, the this is deep in our American uh, idea of government that government is bad and limited. Which, which I think is not a Catholic view. I, I, I think the, the Catholic view has always been that you convert the king, you convert the country. Uh-huh. That, that, that order is... That, that order All the way back to Clovis. Con- <laughs> like it yeah, actually worked exactly. in the case of Clovis. <laughs> um, uh, or back to Constantine. Sure, right? yeah, right, right. Back to Constantine, back to Theodosius, back to Clovis, you know, um, Charlemagne, uh, King Louis IX. The view is that um, that order is something that um, God has made and that we can conform ourselves to it. And you can only perfectly conform yourself to it uh, by it being baptized. <laughs> What's true for the soul is also true for civic order. Um, it has to be publicly oriented to Christ. And so the, the Catholic political instinct is 
is to you know, do exactly what Jesus said, which is to make disciples of all nations. He could have said, go door to door and make disciples of all individual souls, or right. go make disciples of all families. But he said, go make disciples of all peoples, all nations, all, right. all communal, socio-political entities, um, because our faith is not individualistic. That's Protestantism. Protestantism and liberalism is individualistic, and it believes in total depravity of order. And so we have to purge ourselves of those deeply Protestant and liberal notions, which have been communicated to us through our American tradition, but aren't essential to America. America was founded by Catholic missionaries uh, prior to its, you know, uh, constitutional founding in New England. Uh, so I think we have we have to to not be shy from the 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 Catholic roots of America, and we have to we have to not adopt protestant and liberal principles um yeah well there also does seem to be something in the english uh with their anglicanism they have they talk a big game about depravity but they live as if family is really good as if uh, community is really good so mm -hmm. there's the there's the idea of America, and then there's the the practices of the early Americans, and the practices were very communitarian in a way. Well, it's interesting, you know, and this is what Alexis de Tocqueville observed, right, is that Americans lived better than their philosophy. <laughs> that's um, a very good point. Yes, right. And, but we're not and anymore. I, and I think that's right. I think our problem now is that we have been, we've finally conformed to a bad philosophy. We've actually conformed to a liberal philosophy, and, and we don't live better than our philosophy anymore. We live as bad as our philosophy was to begin with. And our philosophy to begin with was still bound up with this departure from the Catholic Church. Um, that's what broke up medieval Christendom, uh, in a sense, was this flight from Catholicism that built up around uh, Protestant nations who uh, didn't want to have didn't want to be uh, subordinate to the Pope. They didn't want to have, have to have the Pope intervene in their temporal affairs. And so that the world we live in right now is a world which has fled from the Catholic Church. And so, yes. and, and so we see right. the disorder from that. The, the disorder comes from that fundamentally. So the question for the Catholic then is, in order to make disciples of all the nations, you have to, you have to argue in public. You certainly have to argue about God. You have to argue about the faith. But I think you also have to argue about public order itself. And, you know, just as the soul isn't going to be happy unless it's publicly oriented to God, so is the nation not going to be happy unless it's going to be publicly oriented to God. We, we could, as Catholics, as 25% of the country, stand up for the Sabbath. But we do, do yes. Yeah, so oh, what a wonderful point. Let's talk. Let's talk about a few of those practical things because it will take it out of the realm of the the kind of theoretical into the practical uh, after this break. Ask about things like uh, uh, how to celebrate, you know, build community by celebrating the Sabbath, uh, that kind of thing. Right, right after this on Catholic Answers Live. Why We're Catholic is the one book you can hand to anyone to invite them into or back to the Catholic faith. With more than 400,000 copies sold, Trent Horn's book has had a number one ranking on Amazon.com for five years running. Now available in softcover, bulk cases, ebook, and on Audible. Find out what the excitement is all about. Order your copies of Why We're Catholic at shop.catholic.com or visit whywearecatholic.com. 
Is relativism dead? It sure seems dead. Each day, new moral demands are made and they are presented to us as absolutes. Everything from transgender ideology to physician-assisted suicide is presented as a moral good that all right-thinking people must accept. But Catholic Answers own Carlo Broussard says look deeper and you will see today's moralism is just relativism dressed up in new clothes. Carlo's eye-opening book, The New Relativism, shines a light on how the sacred moral teachings of this age cover up a deep denial of moral truth. Order your copy of The New Relativism today at shop.catholic.com and be prepared to defend the truth against aggressive relativism. The New Relativism at shop.catholic.com or ask for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Our Lord needs articulate defenders of the truth to spread the joy of the Catholic faith. Catholic Answers Monthly Giving Club, Society 315, helps you fulfill the call in 1 Peter 315 to always be prepared to make a defense for the hope that is in you. For as little as $10 a month, you'll help Catholics grow in faith, bring lapsed Catholics home, and lead non-Catholics to the truth. Go to casociety315.com and join today. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I'm fascinated by the fact that you went to the Sabbath uh, before we went to the break, uh, that in a practical sense that uh, uh, the Sabbath is, the, 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 is, a, is an objective good. Uh, yeah. it's 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 given uh, to God to his people to his chosen people but his chosen people are are the are the are his means of uh of transmitting his revelation to the whole world so the the sabbath is an objective good there was a time when there's nothing in the constitution that would support the idea that the 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 society takes a day of rest and honor and honors God on that day uh, but that was our habit for decade after decade after decade, and then uh, it went away. It, it went away. Well, so, in, go ahead. In fact, the, in fact, there's a massive. There's probably more written legally in support of of what are called blue laws, Sunday closing laws, Sabbath laws, uh, than than any of the things that were crying for in terms of moral reform today. That there's a huge legal. Uh, a brief on why uh, blue laws are constitutional. And, and so I, one of the reasons why I like it is because Sabbath observance in recognized publicly in law is a way of both a public orientation of the civic community to God, but it also has this rootage in our history right. because in, in fact, most municipalities still have blue laws on the books that they just don't enforce anymore. Oh, and how so, interesting. And, and so actually, I think this is an ecumenical point that Catholics could join with our separated brethren and, and say, let's, let's restore Sabbath laws because it has all of these advantages, which, which uh, it privileges God mm -hmm. in the public order. It, it gives time for non-commercial time for the family. It, so it privileges the family. And once you've privilege God and the family, you're on a much better fitting for public recognition of the sanctity of human life. But and then 
And then when you're advocating for a total ban on abortion, you, you actually have these other things which are supporting the the thing that you really want to achieve, which uh, is an end to abortion. Yeah, right. Put if, so if, if you put you God kind of, and family in the right place, you have a context in which to discuss moral issues that does not exist now. You have a much, much better shot at yeah. you know of doing things in such a I, I'm all in favor of doing things by force. I, I, I think we should end abortion through executive order. Uh, and you know, uh, and and use use whatever powers we can. However, short of that, short of the use of power, we actually need to be thinking about how do we build up a whole kind of political, um, uh, in a sense, political evangelization, a political apologetic, to move the country in a direction which is friendlier to the faith and friendlier to babies and friendlier to families and most importantly friendliest to god yeah. that a, that that our order is not going to cease to be perverse unless it's somehow um encouraged not just to stop what it's the bad things that it's doing but to reorient itself to the very cause of goodness now the the many people will say, well, we've been liberated from those backward uh, blue laws. I think many many people would say that. But here here's the, the I, I'm not concerned with would those folks. We, uh, <laughs> well, I think yes. I think if you ask if you ask, let's say, uh, to me, the average person in America is uh, a reporter on NPR, National Public. Well, that's okay. not true, but <laughs> that's not, they're not the average. But they represent a kind of median point in in American media. And if you if they did a report on the blue laws, I can guarantee you that the tenor of that would be people used to restrict all these activities. And now we have the freedom to do whatever we want on Sundays. That would yeah. be the way they would, would report on it. Liberty of license or, or yeah. they would probably report on. Oh, but what? Why not Saturdays? You know, for the Seventh Day Adventists. Why not, or why not Fridays or, for Muslims? Why not yeah. Wednesdays? And we'll yeah. and because we believe in this this false view of liberty it, how about we just pick any day of the week to be our sabbath yes yeah okay but that that does not uh, the the person who would argue that frankly does not concern me so much because there's always yeah. been that person in american society what concerns me is that people like you and me who who go to who go to church on sunday have mm -hmm. been cowed by that argument they we believe that that the just ordering of society means no privileges for God and no privileges for Christianity. We believe that. I'm not saying that we we're being no, we're, we're being coerced into that. We have come to believe that. I mean it's 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 like we were talking about earlier. People come to live the philosophy that has formed the culture. Uh, and so yeah. you know, and, and in a sense I don't blame people for that because we're sort of we're sort of made as social and political creatures. We're sort of made to go along with what mom and dad want. We're sort of made to go along with what our peer group wants. We're sort of made to go along with what our party wants, what our community wants, what yeah. so on and so forth. So on some level, on the individual level, I, I, I'm sympathetic, but but you're absolutely right. We we have bought, we have we've drunk the Kool-Aid of of a of a certain kind of moral libertarianism. A moral libertarianism in which, well, Whatever people think is good, they should do. You know, what it, whatever their vision of the good is what they should pursue. But there are objectively good things and objectively evil things. And the objectively good things are things that the public authority should commend. And the public, the objectively evil things are the things which should be publicly prescribed. Um, and those things shouldn't be up for debate. Killing your baby 
should not be something that you shout from the rooftops as an expression of your freedom to choose. Um, there's, there's no world in which killing your baby is making you happy and increasing your freedom. But we, we have to be able to say no to that person. And I think it goes for Sabbath too. Um, that, you know, there's, you're either going to have, you're going to have some kind of religion. So you're either going to have true religion or false religion publicly proclaimed from the civic order, at least Sabbath is in a sense, you could say it's neutral with respect to Protestants and Catholics to, uh, uh, it's even neutral with respect to, uh, Christianity per se. It's simply a recognition that we need rest and that, that we need to recognize God. Um, and we need to orient ourselves in a way that we might share in his rest. Um, and if we do that one thing, um, we'd be on our way to a recognition that there was something higher than our community. Um, I, it's fascinating to me that we, we settled upon that one, because that, is, uh, that does uh, uh, highlight a, a feature of uh, the, the kind of mess of the, the Catholic political mind in America, my own mind. I, 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 yeah. I'm not saying as if someone else has this. this is, we're trying to live as good Americans, and we're yeah. trying to live as good Catholics. And we sometimes, I think, minimize uh, the amount of, uh, of the, the distance between those the two things. Mm -hmm. We try to say, oh, yeah, we can put all, all that together. And, um, and, and, and there is a, a virtue of patriotism, but, and we love our country. But uh, maybe we, we, we can love our country and say, well, old habits were, were helpful, and the more our habits conform to a kind of naked individualism as expressed in the Constitution, mm -hmm. the worse our society gets, not better. It's not that, that we should remember that it was our, our old habits that made the Constitution work, not the Constitution that makes the country work. Yeah, and I think there's a whole lot of things in the American deposit, including the Constitution, that would work better with a Catholic political philosophy than with the liberal political philosophy that has often informed it and deformed it. Yeah. And I and I think the Catholic the Catholic needs to be confident about that. Needs to be confident that the the Catholic wisdom that created Christendom for crying out loud created created Christ we should be proud that Christendom was Christendom perfect? Was it utopia? Uh, were there, were, did, was it free of all evils? No, but it was so far superior to what liberalism has created. Liberalism has created a, a the devil's playground. Yeah, and and we we should be confident about the fact that look, we're not going to go back to liberal principles and uh, try to fix the problems with the principles that got us to where we are. We're only going to fix the problems that we have now by going back to the principles that created Christendom. Yes, right, right. But this is one of the great, this is probably the greatest act of propaganda in the history of the world, is totally. that secularists have convinced even Christians that, there was, Christians that there was a dark ages where Christianity yeah. oppressed, like people actually believe that that happened and yeah. don't know that the greatest society ever built 
or, or, or grown really. I mean, it's not, it's not even built. It's grown on a on organically. a organically on a on the a well fertilized bed of Christianity. Up from that came the society that gave you the modern hospital, the modern university, the school system, literacy, uh, women in, in positions of, of, of leadership. And, and the cities that you the, still yeah. want to visit. Right. Exactly. All that. It's funny that we we had this thing where if you go to if you go to Rome and, and on Sundays, they take a walk in the street in Rome. And this is beautiful mm -hmm. old tradition where you just walk as family up and down the street. We love that when we see it, but we somehow deny it to ourselves as Americans. We say, well, well I, I would love to live in Italy where, you know, they have this, these old traditions and, they, and, and you have the beautiful Sunday walk down the streets. of. But why do we deny it to ourselves? Well, I mean, I think in part is your technology question from earlier that we have kind of built our cities in a way which is already deforming us. <laughs> That's a great you know, point. Yes. You know, you know Rome, yeah. is, Rome is built on, it's got the whole classical deposit, and then it's got the whole Christian elevation of that deposit, and it's structured in a way that has the piazza. It's structured in a way that has the big, long walkways. Um, it's structured in a way that is conducive, is built around the family and built around the small community and our 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 way of building is around choose your own little shop and a strip mall yeah right that's exactly it yeah we've built our our society around um freeways and, and so, that kind and of so thing. of course we can't live that way we want to no. live that way because we know that's objectively it's better superior. yeah it's better right it's not like we decide we like it better no it's objectively better that's that well that there there you're in big trouble if you say that something is objectively true uh, that you're you're in that 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 is an affront uh, to my um right to define my own reality for you it's to so speak funny that, way. that you say that side because it's actually those who are most vicious in our culture right now for unreality that are certain that's an objective thing that you can choose any one of 54 genders. Ah, oh, that's a good point, right? You know, they, they are the ones who have, they have confidence. My gosh, do they have confidence to stand up and tell absolute devilish lies to the American people about the absolute necessity of the right to sodomy. Yes, isn't that something that we... Um, lack, we lack we confidence. lack the confidence. It, yeah, it does seem like that. That now I'm starting to see this as an underlying message of, if I talk to you about okay, let's get to the, to how a Catholic might function politically today, you you are, you, at root you're saying, be confidently Catholic. Be confidently Catholic. You don't have to deny being an American to do that, but you do, I think, have to deny those liberal principles that have brought us the devilish disarray that we see around us. We've got to take a quick break. We'll, uh, we'll continue our conversation on uh, politics and Christian faith with Dr. Chad Pecknold from the Catholic University of America right after this on Catholic Answers Live. There's only one Catholic Answers Live. Underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. On the web at realestateforlife.org. One of the biggest mistakes a Christian can make is to try to do good without God's help. St. Therese said, when we trust only ourselves and not God, our soul becomes incapable of virtue. Her remedy, works of charity. And the greatest work of charity is to share the gospel. 
At St. Paul Street Evangelization, a Catholic nonprofit, we encourage you to share the gospel with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Catholic Answers is supported in part by St. Paul Street Evangelization. StreetEvangelization.com at EWTN, we're committed to spreading the gospel from a Catholic perspective, touching millions via television, radio, publishing, and the internet. Right now, EWTN is looking for qualified people to fill a number of exciting positions. Make a difference using your God-given talent. Visit EWTN.com employment today. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. If it wasn't Scott Hahn, I'd say let's just uh, blow off the second hour guest and we'll keep talking oh, man. with Dr. I, Janet Can I Peckmore. join the Scott? If I didn't have to take my daughter know, good. Take my daughter up, I want to be joined on the Scott Hahn episode. Yeah, that's... well, that'll be fun to do. We should do multi. I want to do that. He's he's such he's such a good friend, and but also a hero. It's weird to be friends with a hero. But yeah. I, I, I love Scott. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, we, we had just had him at our, our conference recently, and he did a beautiful job. And uh, uh, and also uh, strikingly humble. I, I, I was totally. impressed with. Uh, I've had a lot of struggles in my marriage, and mm -hmm. uh, we're very very good friends now in our old age. But mm -hmm. Scott Hahn talked about uh, um, therapy in marriage, in his own marriage, mm -hmm. and I thought, good mm -hmm. for him. Don't don't yeah. act like this is all easy. And I'm yeah. Scott Hahn, the superhero. Uh, exactly. I, I was so proud of him uh, when he talked about it. And it was incidental to what he was saying, but it was, I thought, very important that, uh, you know what, you need, we all need help. We all need, of course. Uh, yeah. That's at the heart of our faith that we need help. Uh, but if it wasn't Scott Hahn that's coming up next, <laughs> yeah. I, I would just cancel the second hour guest and I'd just uh, continue <laughs> two hours uh, with you. Because no. uh, uh, I really am enjoying this because um, there's such a depth and we, we only get to even uh, in an hour conversations just barely touch on it but there's such a depth to the catholic uh, teaching on mm -hmm. uh, on politics and on and on our public life that has nothing to do with just bossing people around about who to vote for but has to do about right. discovering your identity as a catholic in public that what does it mean to to be part of this polis uh, as a catholic mm -hmm. i want to ask you a couple things about the catholic uh, view of of government um, be, uh, one of them is there is a kind of American um, rugged individualism, which in no way do I think is all bad. I don't want to imply that I think it's all bad, but I do think it has led to uh, something that uh, has destroyed families and l led to greater poverty, and the two kinds of poverty, po material poverty, but also spiritual poverty, both. Um, this rugged individualism has has harmed us, mm -hmm. and uh, so what's the role of of government in say promoting family in 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 helping the poor to overcome material and spiritual poverty in the Catholic view? I mean, I you know the rugged individualism is something you know that um, it's hard to distinguish it from either stoicism on the one hand. Yeah. Or narcissism, on the other hand. <laughs> right. I, I prefer stoicism of the two, and, but I'd really like Christianity. <laughs> and it's interesting because Christianity, you know, Augustine says there's two cities, right? One which is completely ordered to the love of the self, all the way to the hatred of the love of God. 
And then there's another city that's ordered to the love of God all the way to the, even the hatred of the self, that you would deny yourself entirely for this love of God. And I think the Catholic has always always been on this side of against the kind of rugged individualism, the, the libertinism of the self, which says, I, I must be my own maker. That's what Satan says yeah. in his fall, right? right. Is, I must be the source of my own light. I must be the cause of my own power. And so Lucifer falls. Um, the Catholic says, no, I, I'm a dependent creature. As Alistair McIntyre once, I'm, I'm a dependent creature. I am made to be dependent, dependent from my very birth on my parents, on my siblings, on my country. Uh, our love of parents, Aquinas says, is the closest thing to our love of country. Right? We we depend on our country. That's why we should love our country. And so I would say rugged individualism is actually contrary to patriotism. And and so if you really want to be patriotic for America, you should. You should deny the libertarian kind of rugged individualism, even the stoicism, to the extent that stoicism is not making sacrifices. Real stoicism makes sacrifices for the for Rome, right? But our kind of stoicism is just ordered towards the self. Um, the love of God and the love of neighbor. These are the twin loves that God gives us. He doesn't say, and love yourself especially on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know, yeah. lo love love god and love your neighbor as yourself uh, do the things that you were wanting to you really want this special thing or you're constantly praying novenas for yourself uh try praying them for other people right yeah. try try orienting your spiritual life and try ordering your active life for another mothers do this constantly and this is why we love mothers because they're constantly putting the needs of their their husbands and their children ahead of their own that's very catholic that's incredibly virtuous and imagine if all the catholics in america did that not only for their families but also for their country and they put their own personal benefit to one side uh, in order to work for the benefit of their neighbors. And that includes the conviction that it's good for their neighbors to honor God. It's good for their neighbors not to kill their babies. It's good for their neighbors to form families. And it's good for the state to support all of those things. It's good for the state to invest in the family. I just was in Hungary recently, and I, I was talking to somebody who, who has been working on family policy, and he said, you know, we spend just like the U.S. spends 2% of GDP on defense. But when we were talking in our government, we said, well, what are we defending? Uh -huh. And that's a really good question. What, what do we, if we spend 2%, then what is it that we're defending for that 2%? Is it just the rest of the 98% of GDP? Or what is it actually? Is it just money that we defend? And the answer was family. We defend the future of our country. And we, the future of our country is with families that flourish. So we're going to spend three times what we spend on defense for the thing that we're defending. So they invest 6% of GDP in family formation. Where is that? Where, where are we referring? That's I'm, in Hungary. Oh, in Hungary. That, okay. That, yeah. In, in Budapest, the, yeah. The, you know, the, those who are making decisions are thinking, I think they're thinking, you know, it's a both Catholic and Protestant country, but they're thinking in a very Catholic way about this, which is to say, What's the objective good that we defend? You know, 
is it Zelensky in in Kiev? That's not the objective good for us. What what are we really going to invest in right. that's worth defending? And I think that, that's a pretty good answer. The family. That's an extraordinary answer. And I have to say that it has struck me in recent years, and I'm probably so slow on come in, on, in realizing this, that the that the truly liberal society, that is a, 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 a society that really is into the uh, liberation of the self to be whatever the self wants, right. is, a, is a defenseless society. And it can no longer raise children without traumatizing them. Like when, when we think about our relationship with social media, and you mm -hmm. say, well, well, children are being exposed to pornography when they're six, seven, eight years old. We should fix that problem. And people go, well, in order to fix it, you'd have to... You know, you'd have to almost get rid of all of this social media. And the answer would, the proper answer would be then, okay, let's do that. But no, yeah, right. we, we act as if that's the most ridiculous. Why would we get rid of all of this? All we have to sacrifice is our children. What's, what's funny is they say that it's almost impossible to get rid of until you pass a law in a state and says, we're going to have age verification. And then the pornographers say, oh, well, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, it's so it, it's it's That's so funny because <laughs> we, we we believe every lie we are told about this devilish order. We we have to stop believing th these lies. It's not true that we can't stop porn. It's not true that we can't end abortion. It's not true that we can't restore blue laws. All of these things are true. Um, we are only limited by our own imagination, by our own um, I think acquiescence to the perverse order that we live in. We because, should be acquiescing. Right, because we, we take the, our, our, the, our moral instruction uh, from the wrong place. And so that you, you, the people don't say that, that you can't practically do these things, but you can't do these things and still be morally good if the moral good is defined as letting everybody do whatever they want. I don't have the right to tell anyone what to do. That's right. And, and also, we, we, I think we have tended to shy away from using power we have tended to because we have tended to think that limited government is the way to go we have actually let the liberals control everything and dictate to our children what is right and we have in a sense i think tended to cede that power to them by saying we don't want that power but i think the catholic has to stand up and say no actually uh, we would be better stewards of that power, and we would like to run for office, and if we have the gifts of governance and that we have virtue and holiness, and we want to pursue uh, using power for lifting people's vision up to something better. Things don't have to be this way. Boy, that is the Catholic message, isn't it? Things don't have to be this way. Um, uh, and, and they are this way in many ways because we have chosen the things some of which feel really good in the moment that make it this yeah. way. They're all political decisions. Explain that before we have to go. We only have about 30 seconds left, but what does that mean? They're all political decisions. <laughs> Everything along the line. I mean, the loss of blue laws was a political decision. It was made at a certain point, right? Abortion was a political decision made by, right? A, a small number of people in a powerful seats of influence in a court. Um, all the decisions around pornography were yeah. were political decisions to permit this on this perverse notion of liberty, right? This liberty of 
of license. Um, and we don't have to make those decisions. We can make different political decisions than we should. Uh, I told you at the beginning, uh, Darren had arranged the best uh, Monday show uh, that we've ever done. I really enjoy uh, these conversations with Dr. Chad Pecknold. I think we will continue to do them. Uh, if you have questions that you wish that I would have raised, then maybe I can raise them next time. Just shoot us an email to radio at catholic.com. We're going to continue uh, a, a very important uh, Monday with Dr. Scott Hahn. We'll continue to talk about many of these themes with Dr. Uh, Hahn. You should check out the Institute of Catholic Culture at instituteofcatholicculture.org to see what uh, Dr. Pecknold is teaching, or just go to Catholic University and become a student there where he's a professor. Here, here. Uh, here, here. It's a lot cheaper to go to ICC, but yeah, come to Catholic here. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Chad Pecknold, I'm extremely grateful. Uh, thank you very much. I hope we'll do it again soon. Me too. Good to be with you, Sai. Right back with Scott Hahn on Catholic Answers Live. <laughs>